from the boardroom to the locker room, sport captures the imagination like little else. In this podcast, we talk to the men and women who make the big decisions and those who make the big plays to find out where sport is and, importantly, where it's going. But we do so through the only eyes that matter, those of the fan. Everybody to another edition of Goal Own Goal, featuring the man by the lake himself, my man and yours, Roger Mitchell. Hi, mate. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm slightly, I'm slightly bothered by these hurricanes that are now hitting Italy after this incredible heat wave. Um, so been blown around a little bit, and I wanted to take today's, um, the start of today's episode to let you expound on your belief that climate change isn't real, because I think it's fucking wait, real. Wait, wait, hang on a second, hang on a second. When did I become a climate change denier? What's I've, that about? You hang out with these guys that don't believe it, that think it's cyclical in some way. I don't know what the, the thesis is, but I'm telling you, man, yesterday, 200 kilometre winds. Uh, so hang I mean, on a second, Rog, hang on a second. Is this the way we do things now in 2021? I, you hang out with these people, therefore. Is that how it works now? Pretty Is much. What you, the, yeah, pretty much. for a job in media? Is that what's going on here? You're angling for a job in media? No, so uh, I am blown away. I am blown away a little bit. Literally? Wind, yeah, windswept and interesting, as I think what Billy Connolly says. In, exactly right. Exactly. Windswept and interesting. Well, at least one out of two ain't bad. How are you? Uh, I'm good. I'm very, very good. I'm very good. I'm being I'm being pounced upon by my grandchildren at the moment. So if you hear anything in the background, it will be them. Adds to the ambient noise, the sport ambient noise. It's all part of the game. Sport ambient noise. Well, listen, so... Um, uh, what uh, what should we talk about today? I have a funny feeling. Well, A, it's going to be nice, I suspect, to have one of these where we don't talk about live golf because who cares? Well, there's one golfing thing that we'll talk about at some point, I'm sure. It seems to me that uh, there's only one real topic to discuss uh, and it, it, it saves us having to come up with any goals because it's just own goal after own goal and that is Manchester United. Oh, right. Okay. Manchester United, you mean in terms of Elon buying it, of Jim Radcliffe buying it or... You want to talk more about Ryan Giggs? I'm talking in terms of what an absolute clown car it's been so far this season. All oh, right, it's okay. flying off everywhere. Um, now, look, I, th- I mean, there are so many threads to this Manchester United carpet that we might as well just kind of pull on a few. Yeah, I mean, let's uh, pull on a few. Let's talk about the on-pitch performance first, um, because you know they sit at the bottom of the table, uh, having been beaten soundly by Brentford last time. I mean, it was just it was astonishing what happened last week. Well, yeah, um, it's easy to say now, but there is evidence and certainly my own household, I, I, I predicted a, a severe thrashing, you know, because we, you know, for the whole um, fantasy stuff. Listen, we've been predicting this for three or four years, haven't we? You know, it's not been going anywhere good um, behind the scenes it is what it is. There hasn't seemed to be any rhyme or reason on, you know, a director of football strategy who they're trying to buy. Um, and, and then, you know, I, I would suggest that I, I like United. I've got a soft spot for United, as I do for many clubs, if you really think about it, that are not mine. United's a great club uh, and they don't they don't deserve this. Um, but they should get familiar. Wait, don't with, deserve what? Don't deserve what? They, they should be the top of the league. You know, they should be right at the very top. No, so so they, they don't deserve the... the the, the chaos, they don't deserve the performances. What? what, what, what yeah, well, they, they, well, it's what I call things being in balance. Man United is one of the great clubs. It always has been one of the great brands, bigger than a lot of other clubs that are around the top, kicking around now, the PSGs, even the, their neighbours in City, Chelsea's. They aren't big clubs. Um, forgive, forgive me, the, my, my city friends, but but you know the truth. Uh, Man United is a big club, whether that comes from 1958. Or, uh, so, you know, um, they need to get familiar with the term sunk cost. They need to get familiar with that because um, they've made some buys that are now, um, now dictating uh, bad money after, uh, good money after bad. Harry Maguire is not, is not a player. He's certainly not a captain. Uh, David De Gea um, in today's football isn't a goalkeeper that you can you can play at the back and try and think you're going to get your out of pressing. 
etc., etc., etc. It strikes you, doesn't it, Grant, that the Glazers see this merely a, as a, a cash flow stream, and whilst that cash flow stream continues to allow them to take dividends and management fees out, they're not that bothered. Um, and I think Man United deserve more than that. I like uh, Ten Hag. I, um, everybody seems to say, oh, he's already on a sugarly peg. Uh, I, I think that's desperately unfair. Everybody in football knows that that dressing room is split apart in cliques. There's no leadership. Um, and uh, whilst it is amazingly funny, it is amazingly funny, especially in this era of memes, um, the <laughs> I saw this meme, Grant, you know, like when the news of Elon buying them came out for half an hour yesterday, there's this meme of this guy in the back of a car, a fat guy in the back of a car being physically restrained. And of course, the talent is in the heading of the meme. And then <laughs> Luke Shaw realising the Tesla won't stop at McDonald's. <laughs> And it's like one after the other. <laughs> so, seriously, um, I think they will turn this round. Um, I'm not sure about Ratcliffe. I mean, but Chelsea did this thing, the same thing, last-minute bid. I don't know what his game is. I, I, I'm not sure that the, the, the Glazers want to sell. All I do know, Grant, is I would not put minority equity into something that's owned by the Glazers. I think that's just, like, just asking for trouble. What's your view? Well, it's funny, Rog, uh, if, you, if you think back on this, the Glazers have been at United for 17 years now, right? And Fergie's been gone for nine. Nine years since Ferguson left. And what, what shocked me, really, was the, the swiftness of the decline once Ferguson left. Now, and, and David Gill. Let's not forget David Gill. Yes, no, that's, that's fair enough. But, but, but if, if you just look at, the, look at the team, look at the on-pitch product, right? The, the, the drop-off was just shocking as to how far they fell and how fast. They, you know, they haven't contended, let's be honest, since that final no. title that Fergie won. And, and even the there, even the other team was very poor. You had the clever yeah, yeah. lace, the Jemba Jembas. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Um, and so you, you've had nine years to get this right. Yeah. You've had Moyes, you've had Van Gaal, you've had... Uh, Jose. Jose, you, you know, this, this string of managers, all of them very different in character, have come in and tried different things. And look, all the way through this, you've been saying, quite rightly, this goes way beyond the pitch and the manager. Oh, this for is sure. a structural problem with the club. You know, they, they haven't put a director of football. You know, you had the chance when Fergie left, you had a chance to completely restructure. The club. You could never have done that while Fergie was manager. There's no, no one's bringing in a director of football in above, below, around no, Alex Ferguson, just happen. not going to happen. No. But when he left, they had a chance to, to completely restructure the club, and they, and they should have done. But you, you get a sense, Rog, I think, watching this, you just get a sense that it's a case of we're Man United, you know? Uh, we are a big club, we'll always be a big club, and it's just complacency. Uh, and it's, it's assuming that things that worked in the 90s and 2000s will work now, in terms of the structure of the club, in terms of the the deals they're doing, the the, the stars they're chasing, you, know, you you went through twenty years at United where you could buy a great player and plug him into that team, mm -hmm. and it was great. And now they're doing the same thing. They're trying to buy star players and plug them into a very different kind of team, a team that just isn't as unified, as strong, isn't coached as strongly, um, and it's. It's a shambles. I mean, it is an absolute shambles. I agree with you completely. They're a big club. Um, but Grant, I mean, let's, let's, let's look at it from the, the Glazers' point of view. Uh, because it all comes down from that. You know, the, the rumour about Radcliffe is that the value is, what, $6 billion? I mean, like, serious money. What they put in in terms of their own money as opposed to the leverage buyout debt, what was that, $150 million? So yes, yeah, yeah. I mean, like that is one hell of a return, Grant. So, like, who's the fool? Now, I know this is a sports podcast. We, you and I, are sports fans, football fans. That that doesn't cut any ice, but you know, that's a bit of the reason for it. Um, uh, Ed Woodward, who, who I guess is the architect of this deal, 
um, was rewarded for the amazing return that the Glazers are going to get at the end of the day. They will get an amazing return by being allowed to run it. Um, Edward doesn't know anything about football. You know, doesn't know anything. And and then, you know, the, the, the new guy, um, uh, Richard Arnold, that's his name, you know, uh, two or three months ago, there was that thing that he was caught on video chatting with the fans in his pub. Some people thought it was deliberate. Some people didn't. Um, there's everywhere you look, it just strikes you that it doesn't have the iron leadership that Ferguson, Ferguson gave it. And that's what you need in a football club. Grant, you know, this is something that I wanted to bring up, but let's bring it up now. You know, I, I always say this when I speak to people, whether it's investors or talks and things like that, I say, football, you're wrong if you think it's this nice, cuddly thing. You know, uh, the, all these lovely, beautiful moments. I've said this many times. Football is a feral beast. People should consider it like a tiger. You look at it and you can admire the beauty, you can uh, the elegance, the power in its movements. But the the violence, the lad culture, the difficulty, those are features. Those aren't bugs, uh, Grant. Yeah. And this world of ours, when there's a pitch invasion, where there's a racist chant, whether there's a Wembley, where they're storming the, the stadium, people react as if these are bugs. They aren't. They're features. And, and you know, uh, that, that's why, I don't know whether you want to talk about this or not, but that's why I cannot, for the love of, my, of God, understand women's football's attitude. Why do you want to get close to something with those bad Brad values? It's a completely different product. Women's football would do much better to say we are not men's football. We're not going to compare women's caps with Graham Souness caps, etc., uh, etc., et and say, you know what? We're a different thing. We represent different values. And by the way, does that mean we can get some of the sponsors that men's football never gets because violence is a feature, not a bug. Well, I think this is the crux of the problem, Rog, is that violence and all the things you talk about have always been features, but they're trying to be turned into bugs overnight. They're trying to be treated like bugs that's right. overnight. And that's that's the problem here, is that you've suddenly decided that all these things that have driven engagement, have driven coverage, have driven the media around the game of football for so many years don't work in this modern culture. So what do you do, right? You've got two choices. You either say, look, we have to accept, as you've always said throughout this podcast, that this is the reality of football, right? This is what the average football fan is. is. Yeah. You, you have to accept that or you have to virtue signal and you have to say, well, you know, we're going to get this under control. You know, you look at this uh, thing at Chelsea about they're, 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 you know, they're, they're going to find the guy who racially abused Son, right? In a crowd of, 40,000 people. All doing the same make, thing. You're, right, and you're going to make headlines about how, how, how serious you are about going after this one guy who apparently racially abused him. You know, it's, it's, it's equal parts admirable and ridiculous, right? That, that's the problem. And they're trying to play on this admirable side. Look, at this is who we are. This is what we stand for. We are going to root this out. You're not. You're not. You're just not. Because it's, as you say, it's part and parcel of the game. It always has been. And you know the reality of it is, Rog, people go to football matches and to let join off steam. To let off and, steam, and, but they but they join in with chants that in no way represent who they are. Right? Yeah, yeah, that's the ninety-minute bigot argument that, that is Correct. around. No, 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 that's part of it. That's part. Of, that's what I'm saying to you. In amongst all the people who go in there to let off steam, there are people that go in and join in with chants and sing all these songs um, without really. It's yeah, but today's society to says that that's not acceptable to go I, in. I agree. Yeah. And and, and, agree. and I've always felt, well, and I've always listened to the police that have told me this, and you know I've said this many times, yeah. it's better they're doing it in that environment than doing it elsewhere. And, and, and I just, again, that's why this women's football, I just, I think it is strategically stupid. You know, look at the evidence. That is football. It's a feature, not a bug. They don't get any decent sponsors always, always have bad news stories. Why in God's name do you want to get close to that and not only get close to it, actually try and change it? You know, do your own thing. Right, it's lazy. It's lazy. It's, there's it's a huge audience that. here. There's a huge audience here 
we should be able to get them if we give them something they recognise. That's right. Which, uh, and they don't. Yeah, which is lazy. It's lazy. You're, you're absolutely right. I think you're absolutely right. They should come out and say, you know, this, this is not your husband's game. This is not your boyfriend's game. That should be, the, that should be your tagline, right? I think you're right. Something that's a great along line. those lines. I think that's yeah. a great line. Right? And that should be the tagline. And then you build, a, you build promotional campaigns around that. And you can still show clips of the, of the skill of the players, but then you show clips of... The, you know, the crowd, not screaming invective at people and with their faces contorted in rage. You show pictures of, of you know, and that, that's what it is. It's not your boyfriend's game. It's not your dad's game. That's a great line. It's, it's not game. your boyfriend's game. I think that, and, and that's why I got really annoyed. And, and I, I honestly think they're not thinking this through because if there's somebody that's talked about the real uh, positive opportunities for women's football, it's me. I've done that consistently, but when I heard them saying uh, she's got more caps than Graham Souness, uh, so yeah. how dare he? I, I, I closed down Grant. I'm not having that. No, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. Well, look, look, look let, let's let's talk about that, Roger, because that's another thing that happened this week, right? That was on my list of things to talk about. Graham Souness, the Graham Souness comes. Now I was watching that actually as it happened. I was actually watching that match. Um, you know, Chelsea Spurs. It was a. It was as those games always are. You want an example of games that are, that bring out the feral right. in football? Yeah, Chelsea look at Spurs it. And look what happened. Them, right? And look what happened. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Right. And so you, you look at that. That's as you say. That's a feature of football. It's it's the competition, the intensity, testosterone. The, right. And and look, Tuchel and Conte have no history together. They've got no beef <laughs> and yet, going back and yet. years. And yet. <laughs> And yeah, they get caught up in that in that environment, and you go heavens. But you know, after it, soon as he's sitting there, and he he commits the unforgivable sin of saying, you know, oh, we're back to it being a man's game, and we all knew what he meant. Yeah, everybody watching that knew exactly what he meant. It's tough. It's uncompromising, and, and to watch people pile on him after that, it was just embarrassing, frankly, because you are desperately trying to make something out of something that it wasn't, right? And, no, but I don't think they know, are desperately trying. I think they believe. I, I honestly, they have got into a mindset now that it's, let's group think. It's brainwashed group think where they believe that they are playing the same game. You know, we brought it home. There is not one English football fan I know that thinks that it has been brought home. Finally, finally. Yeah, yeah I mean, like... 50 years of hurt. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so there is an element of delusion here that goes beyond them trying to like they 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 are believers. They it's a little no, I won't go there, but it's a little bit like when you know a guy and a girl finally get married, and and you know maybe she's want been wanting to get married for years, and uh, so that means she kind of likes the guy and his characteristics. What does she do uh, as soon as they get married? She tries to change him. You know, and and I see you smiling there, Grant. It, it, it is the nature of life. Be yourself. This guy ain't going to change. A leopard is not going to change its spots. To quote Roy Keane about that dressing room coming back to Man United, a leopard does not change its spots. Men's football ain't going to get gentrified. It will die before you gentrify it, and that is what is making me really angry. I, I agree with you. And you know, what's been interesting this season is to watch it. And soon as his point. I think was actually spot on. If you watch the games this year already in, in the space of two premiership weekends, we've seen referees letting tackles go that they haven't let go for a long time. There is clearly a directive here. You think? To Yeah, I yeah. absolutely think so. I was, I've watched it. I've watched a bunch of games these last two weeks. And the one constant I've seen are tackles going in and players going over and rolling their legs and just getting ignored by the referees. That's Which good. I, for me is great. And, and I think that's what Sunis was talking about. When, he, when was, what he was getting energised, he was talking about that. He noticed it as well, that look, people are going into challenges, hard challenges, and you're, start, you're seeing the rolling around, but the referees are right there. They're going, no, that's all right. You can do that in football. Yeah. And you always could. So, you know, I, 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 there, there is something happening at the top that is saying we need to get, a, we need to get back to what English football yeah. Always was. It wasn't just pace, it was power. Yeah, oh, yeah, and, for um, sure. And, and, you know, of all the players in, in my lifetime, Rog, nobody epitomised that more than oh, your man Zui. Mag magnificent, magnificent player. That, that uh, highlights reel of some of his tackles are, is just X-rated, magnificent. Yeah, no, it, absolutely. And today, you're right, today that wouldn't fly, but 
he took it as well as dishing it out. I mean, not it, only did he take it, but I mean, like in terms of technique and, and and leadership, and as a player, one of the very best protagonists of UK football in the in, in his in his generation, if not the best, certainly as a midfielder. But I mean, the thing that annoyed me, Grant, is these women footballers who won the Euros what a month ago or something like that on Twitter having a real go at him. Now, it just completely stripped me. You know, okay, they, maybe they don't care about me. I'm not the audience. But um, that really just took the wind out of my sails about all the goodwill, about I really want them to do well. I'd love them to get their average crowds up from 1,500, 1,500 up to maybe two or three or four or five. And when they, you know, why are they doing that? Like you say, the strap line is, this is not your boyfriend's game. That's that's the strategy. Yeah. No, I, I, no, I agree with you, but the, this is the world that social media fosters, right? Your, your reaction is immediate, and you've been conditioned to pick apart anybody who says something that you could find some way of deeming sexist or misogynist. You, you jump on it, and you don't think. You know, no one... No one that tweeted about that, sat down for it and thought, hmm, let me think about this. What should I really do here? No, they all, as soon as he said it, oh, that's outrageous. You know, normally you'd be sitting on the sofa with your mate watching it and go, oh, can you believe he said that? Oh, no, that's it. It doesn't go any further than that. But now you can instantly reach, yeah. especially after the Euros, you can reach hundreds of thousands of people, millions of people in, in 104, 280 well, characters. Well, here, here's, here's another thing that struck me. You know, this generation of pundits that are now getting called dinosaurs, I'll put Roy Keane in there, I'll put Sunis in there, and I'll put some managers in there, um, most obviously Mourinho. Um, They're very forthright in their opinions, um, especially around the, as I said before, that dressing room. They'll throw Ollie under the bus because a leopard doesn't change its spots. Um, Sunis with uh, with Pogba, Sunis with Deli Ali, Mourinho with Deli Ali on film saying, "Son, you're going to regret this." You know they get called misogynist, they get called racist, they get called dinosaurs, they get called old. You know what you should call them? They're right. They are right. These guys know what it takes to succeed in the man's game of football. And for that, and that's why they're on TV, because people know that they're talking sense from a position of having tasted the sawdust of the stage. I'm sorry, but this has got nothing to do with a woman pundit, because it would be the same if it was a, 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 a pundit that had played his career in, in Stevenage. I'm not interested, mate, because you weren't there. If I'm going to listen to a pundit, I want somebody that's got the unique insight to have been in a dressing room with Fergie when you're 2-0 down against Juventus and Turin and and Roy says, don't worry, I'll sort it out. That's what I want. I want to hear Roy. Yeah, I I don't disagree. It's um, it's a shame, but women's women's football has an opportunity here. I I don't know if they'll take it or not. Um, It's an opportunity they've earned through that through that tournament. And look, it was great fun to watch. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I was cheering them on, uh, delighted when they won. And, and it, you had the same feeling, Rog, watching that. You know, you had the same feeling with the equaliser. You had the same feeling, oh, we're going to lose to Germany next extra time. Then you get to the, oh my God, it's going to go to penalties. Exactly the same emotions. Exactly the same emotions. So they've got, they have a chance got to great, do something. Great chance, to, great product, completely yeah, new audience. To something. Ability to get You're that, absolutely right. A cadre of sponsors that have never been touched. Um, yeah, but no, they want to come in and 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 conflate themselves with the men's game. It's huge strategic error. People should bookmark these comments because they'll regret them. But look, listen, while we're still talking about Man United, I do want to come back to gigs because you know, you you know that uh, this this world, you know, it seems to be spinning out of control. Whether it's climate change or microfinance or politicians or whatever, it just. Seems to be so. You've got to look for the ridiculous. Did you see the poem? Are you following? Are you following the the court case? You know I love court you, cases. I know you do, I, and I don't. I studiously avoid them, Rog, because they do I, nothing but confirm my worst fears about humanity, and and my disgust at all things <laughs> like social media. Well, right? BC, but so the first so, thing, I, the first thing I want to ask you is right. You, you know what you know what he's going to court for, right? It's abuse yeah, of his yeah, I mean, I, You okay. can't avoid the headlines, but I never click on anything. Right, so here's my first question to you. On what earth 
does Ryan Giggs and his team think it's a good idea to go to court and have this aired publicly with his history of um, his brother and everything like that? How on earth does he think he's going to win the hearts and minds of a jury? Look, in, in the same way that, uh, I forget their names now, but Rebecca Vardy and Rooney's <laughs> missus, Colleen, Colleen. The same way they went to court, right? It's about ego. It's about ego. And it's about, my, you know, I've got more supporters, I've got more Instagram followers than you, and, you know, I'm not going to... It's just hubris and ego, Rog. That's all it is, and that's all all of this is, right? That, that's why I avoid it, because it's, it's all built on hubris and ego. And if you think for a second, Giggs actually thinks about all that stuff and, oh, this could be a problem for me, Mike. Of course he doesn't. He's like, I'm not going to let this happen to me. I'll, yeah, I'll go to court. I'll, I don't think about this stuff. I'm, I'm Ryan Giggs. Right, so... Right? so just We're Man for, United. Yeah, that's right. So just for people that don't know, uh, this, this court case is about allegedly him headbutting his girlfriend and her sister in what's called uh, beautifully by, as I love the, the British QCs, an altercation. Um, so it's all coming out now. Um, so listen to, listen to this. What came out yesterday was a poem that um, Ryan Giggs wrote to this girl, one assumes in better times. The girl's name is Kate, the accuser. So he, he wrote this poem and, and uh, listen, I need to warn you, it's, it's a love poem, but it's not Percy Shelley. It's not. And you're going to have to cut, cut me a break on the iambic pentameter. You're going to have to do that. <laughs> But here goes. Wait, is is the iambic pentameter that Dutch midfielder that Ten Hag's trying to sign <laughs> for 130 million along with Jaup? <laughs> right here we go. Um, my darling Kate, unequivocally, our love was fate. I fell in love with you at first sight. I remember because I was high as a kite. <laughs> you can stop there and say it's a challenge. <laughs> <laughs> right those beautiful eyes made me shiver i'm not gonna lie i think of you i dream of you i'm not sure where the rhyme went there but let's let's move yeah. on can't help thinking pulling you was my greatest ever coup spelled c-o-o so uh, there's a spelling issue there as well but that stomach, those abs, he's referring to her, that stomach, those abs, those pictures you send so I can keep tabs. You make me feel funny down there, especially when you're there and you look up and stare. Now, that is one of the great porno lines. It really, Wait, it no, really no, sorry, sorry, Rudge, when you say down there, was that South Wales? That's Swansea he was talking about. <laughs> Let, let's give him the benefit of the doubt and say it was talking about geography. I'm beginning to think you are always right. That's okay. It will keep us tight. I'm going to end by saying you are my love, my friend, my soul. But most of all, you believe in me, which makes me hard as a totem pole. Okay. 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 Right. Before I comment on that, let me ask you one question. Do you want to ask me any more questions about why I don't follow this stuff? I, I, for me, this is magnificent, Grant. What more do you I'd, want? What more do you want? What, I mean, you cannot unsee this. Now that you've read and seen this poem, it will always be there. Just like the goal he did against Arsenal. This is Ryan Giggs. <laughs> this is this is his legacy. <laughs> well, <coughs> you, but you saw that you saw that video of his last team talk, right? Yes. Oh my. So, oh my. But, but no, but seriously, I mean, the poem is utterly absurd. Fine. Um, but, let, but let's talk about that last team talk, right, Rog? Because if we're going to come back to United and we're going to come back to the shambles that the club has become, that, uh, that last team talk, or perhaps we can find that and tweet that out. Yeah, uh, I've got it. I've got, got it for the prep of this, yeah. Uh, yeah I'm, I'm in the middle of watching uh, All or Nothing Arsenal, which I don't know if you started Arsenal. watching that yet. I did, yeah. But it's, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm really, really enjoying it. We'll I've come back to Arsenal later on, yeah. Got a lot of time for Arteta. I think he's. A, I think he was a great player. I think he's going to be an excellent manager, and I think he's handled. It's what we've seen. He's handled the Arsenal situation very, very well. Um, but you look at his team talks, and you can see the passion. You can see the football knowledge. Yeah, you know, everything that that makes you understand why he's a manager comes across in those conversations, right? 
<clears throat> and then you look at this Ryan Giggs thing, and <laughs> A, it's the only word I can think of to describe it is insipid, Rog. You've been kind, you've been kind, you've been kind. Last game of the season, so let's uh, let's go out there and, you know, it'll, it'll be a fun game and, you know, it's, it'll be great. It was it, it was it was like you know, when David Brent did the motivational thing <laughs> in the office. <laughs> Let's all clap. Yeah. You, can, you, know, I mean, you can imagine coming into simply the best on his boombox. <laughs> but my point is, if you think about this in United, the United hierarchy must have watched him interact with those players. They must have been around him and seen Giggs. This is this is Ryan Giggs, the manager, right? Don't tell me he went into that locker room and completely changed his persona and became the guy you see in that video. He was like that in training. He was like that around the guy. So the, <laughs> the higher-ups, and, and whether I've watched the Man City all or nothing, the Spurs one, the Arsenal one, Sunderland Till I Die, all these football documentaries, the one thing, and the Man City one, the one thing that I've, they've all had in common, Rog, is that the owners are there, right? Not every day, but they're in and around the club. They're in there. They're, you know, they're on... First name terms, everyone, they're high-fiving everybody, and so they're involved. So somewhere at United, this guy was deemed good enough to manage that club, even on an interim basis, till the end of the season, right? Which means, what? They don't care. Because you, if you'd have seen that for a game, you'd have gone, well, hang on a second, this guy can't manage Man United. The hell are we doing? Well, Grant, Grant uh, seriously, I think the answer is very simple. It comes back to, you know, the Glazers and what their attitude is. Their attitude is, how do we keep this asset tranquil whilst we take out the dividends? And one of the easiest ways to do that is to put an old legend on the bench. Fans like that. You know, so that's why Ollie was there for, what, four or five years? Clearly, clearly out of his depth from the first day. Clearly. Um, no record in management whatsoever to, to qualify him for managing Man United. So that's your answer. They, they didn't look at that video. They said, well, does uh, gigs increase or decrease the tranquility of the fans that are, are going to protest? Answer is he'll probably uh, take some sting out of the, the, the story. So that's why he was there. But I mean, you're right, Grant, you're right. But you know, I can't let you go. I can't let you go. You're, you're deflecting me onto the serious stuff. There's more, because I know you hate this and this is why I love it. So um, you know, this poem came out, and of course, the glory, the glory of Twitter. Uh, <laughs> right, so uh, some, some wag. Um, that's a great poem, Ryan. Not as good as Ryan Giggs goes to work, gives his wife two kisses, doesn't really go to work, shacks his brother's missus. Oh man, oh man, I'm, I'm getting dizzy. I'm getting dizzy on this because that is so funny. And like, you know, you know, you know like, so then another guy says, bookmakers, Paddy Power have stopped taking bets on Her Majesty's Prison Manchester to win the Northern Prison Soccer League with a team featuring Greenwood, Mendy and managed by Ryan Giggs. Large bets have been placed in recent days. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one before we move on um, this is from an article giving evidence behind a screen on Tuesday Greville that's Kate Greville the prosecutor she had said she discovered before their final fight the one with the headbutts that Giggs had at alleged least headbutts, right? alleged, alleged, alleged headbutts. that Giggs had at least eight other girlfriends while seeing her now, she could have thought that his past behaviour was, was a bit, as they say in the investment world, past behaviour. Uh, she said she had looked through his phone and found messages to these eight girlfriends, as well as to his friends, where he talked of, quotes, going out to bars to pull some clunge. Clunge. Have you ever heard the word clunge? Now, I've came up in Glasgow and I've never, ever heard the word. Roger, can, can, I, can I direct you to a TV show called The Inbetweeners, if you've never seen it? No, I haven't seen that. you never seen it? Okay. Do yourself a favour. Look up The Inbetweeners. It was on Channel 4 back in 2008. I suppose it ran for two or three seasons. Watch that and come back to me. It's hysterically funny and it will... In between <laughs> You'll us. really enjoy it. If, if you thought that word was funny in the... On the tweet, you will love the show, I promise you. It's like that that show you love at the afterlife with the two guys that what was the name of those two of the ones? <laughs> you know well, the Ratty one. and the Nonce. <laughs> <laughs> to pull <put> some clunch. <laughs> 
before oh, we leave, Lord. before we leave United, before we leave United, we've got to spend a moment about. I don't know if listeners know this girl Ma- Marina Hyde that she writes from the Guardian. Oh um, yes, I know what you're going to talk about. This is one. Of, this is this beautiful. Now Marina Hyde, I think, is possibly the best writer of our generation. And you know, I don't have a lot of time for mainstream media anymore. But she is worthy of buying a newspaper. But thankfully, we get our content for free because she writes for the Guardian. Um, note to all of us, do not get on the wrong side of no. Marina. No. You, that's going to end badly if you do that. Because here, here is her opening para on the glory of uh, Brooklyn Beckham. For some reason, she doesn't like Brooklyn Beckham. <laughs> right, here it goes. Uh, can the most blatant nepotism sometimes add to the gaiety of nations? It depends. In the old, this is a beautiful line. In the old days, the eldest son of British notables might be sent out to rule as proprietor of the province of Maryland, which feels less than ideal, while other scions were elevated to administer 50,000 square miles of India on the basis they were both clubbable and semi adequate lower order batsmen. <laughs> It's just beautiful. Hand on heart, however, I cannot fault the state of the art system of turd polishing that gifts Brooklyn Beckham as a lady's new career once a year. <laughs> turd polishing. <laughs> I mean, like she should get a pull of surprise. Yeah, I know it was. But yeah, Rod, that, that article, I saw that article, and it just gets better with each line. It's, yeah, you got everybody's got it. Endlessly well written. <laughs> endlessly well written. But to be fair, to be fair, maybe it's not his fault. You know, like he's, they named him Brooklyn. You know, it's, it's, it was never going to. But, but this, but this is, isn't this the point, right? If you want to be a social media personality or quote unquote an influencer, you're fair game. You are absolutely fair game for an article like that. You have come out there and gone, hey, everybody. Look at me. And Marina Hines gone, I'm looking at you, and here's what I see. And I'll be honest with you, I see exactly what Marina Yeah, Hines everybody does. Does it make everybody me think does. any less of David Beckham? Not at all. Well, that's Not the point. That's the point. Beckham. We love David Beckham. And and, and I, I, I showed you that thing that popped up, you know. I was going to ask you, yeah, to talk about that, because it was beautiful. Right, so this is, this is a video... Um, of Beckham's last five minutes playing for PSG. And the camera's only on him, and it's close-up, um, and it's commentated in French, which I think makes a difference because it, it really, um, the the words chosen uh, for those that do understand French are, is, are beautiful. It, it's not it's not high-paced, it's not screamy or anything like that. It's a little bit like Vince, Vince Scully. You know, very understated. Yeah. Very understated. You know, it starts off saying um, David Beckham realizes his career is ending. The last five minutes, and it's a lot of pauses. And and you know, you see the video, and Beckham is playing in inverted commas because he really isn't. Um, his no. eyes are full of tears. He's got his uh, his hands on his on his hips, bending down because he the emotion is too much. He you can see he's literally drowning in emotion. Yeah. And, uh, you know, this goes on for five minutes. You see it for five minutes and he touches the ball a couple of times. And after he does it, they focus. It's, and, and this commentator is finding beautiful phraseology and everything like that. Then, you know, he's called to be substituted by Ancelotti and all his teammates, including Ibrahimovic and big names. They all come over and extremely emotional. He is distraught. And, and he is, the opposition. You know, and the opposition. The opposition all, extremely, you know, he's extremely distraught. And, and you know, the end of a glorious career. David Beckham's nothing you can say about his career. Glorious career. And he comes over and he really is distraught. And on the sideline, there's Uncle Carletto, who's got his arms open and he says, son. And it's just a beautiful moment, isn't it? It's just when he yeah. hugs him. Uh, it's just, it's a beautiful, beautiful video. And um, David Beckham, shout out to him because not the most talented player in the world, but he played for them all and he did a great career, great career. No, as I, as I said when I saw that, Roger, I mean, I, I totally agree. He wasn't the most talented footballer, uh, but nobody, and I mean nobody, worked harder than David Beckham, either on his game in training or on the pitch. You know, he never, ever took a game off. He ran himself into the ground. I think, as I said to you, that that game against Greece, um, when he scored with that last second free kick to get England into the World Cup finals, um, that game, he won that game almost by himself. He was absolutely everywhere. Captain of the team, and he was everywhere that day. 
And so, yeah, that's that's the beauty of this, right? I, I have nothing but respect for Beckham as a footballer. Um, and at the same time, I can laugh my head off for everything that his son does because it's painfully <laughs> ridiculous. It doesn't change. You know, look, Michael Owen, we've had that great story from you, um, Michael Owen and his daughter on Love Island. <laughs> it's not going to change that goal he scored against Argentina. Yeah, ever, yeah, yeah. You know? Never, never, never. So it, it's, and that's, that's what this, this culture is all about, Roger. If you want to be looked at, if you want, if you decide that what you want is the whole world to look at you, be very, very careful. <laughs> be very, very careful because you That's a great point. what they see. You know, I was thinking about that Beckham thing and just thinking when you were speaking there. And football's moved on from that golden generation of English football. But I keep thinking if English football and the manager at the time, Ericsson, wasn't so wedded to 442 and had found a different way to fit in Beckham, Scholes, Lampard and Gerrard in the way that modern managers do, the way that yeah. Pep, England, England would have won a World Cup because if you think even of the defence and you think about Rooney and Owen up front. Yeah, and right. But right. fucking 4-4-2, you know, and Scholes when he played was out on the left there, you know, or Joe Cole, same thing. England had all the raw material to win a World Cup. Just, uh, yeah. just on pass on there. So, so what else you got for me, mate? Uh, well, let, let's switch quickly to golf. A um, couple of things on golf. Neither of them live-related, I'm delighted to say, for a change. Um, the first one is, did you see uh, Patrick Reed is suing the Golf Channel and Brandel Chambly personally? No. Um, for defamation. Because oh. over this cheating thing, you know, he improved his yeah, eye. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. I, know, I, know, I know his story, yeah. Yeah, so Chambly's, Chambly's come out and called him a cheat. Ah. And as... And, and as constantly had it in for Patrick Reed since then and, is, and is, you know, gives it to him at both barrels. And, and Chambly is the is the Roy Keane of the Golf Channel, right? He says exactly what he feels. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's not an angry man like Roy Keane, but he doesn't pull any punches. But uh, so Reed's come out and sued the Golf Channel and him personally for, for you know, a, a, a campaign to defame and ruin his career over many, many years, you know, an orchestrated campaign. Again, it's just absolutely ridiculous you know to, to go and do this and it, it's the same as the geeks thing he's going to want to go into court and and you know patrick reed is not a well-liked person in golf he just isn't right even his mm. own family but based on accounts i should probably say allegedly here in case he sues me for defamation yeah allegedly but, allegedly um, can't stand the guy um and you know I, i've had conversations with people who've said all sorts of things and you know these are people who are quite senior in the game of golf who've said all sorts of things about none of them kind and you think, what, what what do you want out of this? Like, do you want to end up in a big lawsuit? It's not even live-related, so he's not going to have live money paying his legal fees. I just I just look at this and think, how ridiculous can you be to to want to go down that road, Roger? And at the same time, on the other side of the coin, I see the video from our boy Eddie Pepperell, yeah. which he posted this week, which is just fabulous, just Hilariously funny. I think I sent you. Did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. I saw it. Yeah. You know, the, on the phone. And, and Eddie just did that beautifully. He's a natural. I mean, it was yeah, just he is. brilliantly he is acted. He got all the action. All you know the what Eddie should do? Attitude, right? He should exactly. be the major, the major pundit uh, commentator for Live Golf. That that would that would be beautiful. Playing he commentator. Just, I, I'm telling you now, he, w- he won't do it. I know, no he, I know he won't do it, but what I'm saying no is he, he's, he's talented point, enough. I think he will be a commentator. Oh, for sure, uh, for sure. Because he's just, he's got all the tools for that. But, but, tell, yeah, but, tell, but t- tell me on that, the, the golf tradition thing, what is your read on that Cam Smith, Scotty Scheffler standing on the line? You don't need to talk about Liv, just about what happened there. Yeah, is, do you know what, it's interesting. I, I went backwards and forwards with it, Roger. I, 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 it was a very short clip and I haven't seen it in context. Um, and a lot was made of the way Cam Smith looked up at Scheffler. Yeah. Scheffler was so close to Cam Smith, I don't think he did walk across his line. He walked between him and his ball. But Cam Smith would have been stood maybe six feet behind his ball to get a look at the perspective of it, right? He's not going to stand right where his ball is. He's going to stand back and look. You know, when you line up a putt, well, yeah, but even so, somebody mind. walking in front of you when you're lining up a putt, it's not great, even if it's at, no, 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 behind it's, it's the line. No, 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 it's not great, but, but you know, I, I didn't see it, but I read elsewhere that they were high five. One of them had an eagle and they were high-fiving each yeah, other. Yeah, yeah, I heard that. I think it was a massive mountain out of a mole. I, you I think? don't think, I think it was, you know, and they, he looked up and looked at him funny and people jumped on that. I, I don't think it was, it was a deliberate attempt to, you know, 
rub something in his face. Oh, who knows? It may have been, but I didn't see enough perspective on it or context wise to, to really know. And it died down pretty quickly. Yeah, it did. And normally, if there's any bad blood, you will see that get oxygen for days and they'll be talking to Scheffler about it and talking to Smith about it. And, and you didn't see any of that. So you know that the press would have been desperate to make something out of that. And the very fact that they didn't tells me that when they spoke to them afterwards, that both of them said, oh, no, no, it was nothing. Uh, yeah. And it just dies down. Yeah. No, but it was a good video. Eddie was great in that. Eddie was really good. Yeah. What else you got, mate? I've got one that I, I want to end with, but is there anything else you want to talk about? We saw, um, you know, we knew this was coming because we had the the episode with um, with John Wall Street, uh, Corey, um, we we talked a year ago about the changes in the NCAA that that media yes. deal for the Big Ten. Well, that, yeah, that was that was the one I was like I wanted to talk about. That uh, you saw that. I mean, the numbers are mind. Was it five billion dollars? I don't know. I mean, I, I just big. It might even be more than that. Maybe it was seven. I don't know. Is it seven? I'm trying to remember. I, I, I don't. I, I don't know. But I mean, that's not the point. You know, there's there's loads of people with great podcasts that talk about the detail seven of billion. this stuff. Yeah, seven, seven. Million. seven years, seven billion. I mean, and then of course it is correct that they secured that in some way um, by doing the very smart thing of bringing in the two California teams. You know, yeah. <laughs> the direction of travel: get your Hollywood assets and go to big media and say, "I've got box office." I'm not sure why yeah. people don't get this. It is <clears throat> well, so you know, clear. I, look, I, I'll be honest with you. I saw that story, and uh, once again, I just find myself shaking my head, saying. Oh, that bastard Mitchell, he's absolutely <laughs> right yet again. It, it's, it's, you know, it's equal parts sickening and impressive to me. But, but you, look, you called this a long, long time ago and, and you've been absolutely right about it. I mean, this is absolutely the direction of travel. Um, the, the signposts that you've identified all the way through this have been right on the money. Um, and this is, I suspect, not even the culmination of this. No. You know, this is this is just an escalation of of where this is going to go. It, and the, the one line that caught me in the article, I think I sent you, was a, I think it was a Wall Street Journal, or New York Times article, and it, when they talked about the dwindling number of college conferences. Yeah. You know, so you're yeah. seeing this happen. You're seeing these conferences blend and merge, and some get weakened and have to join with others, and big teams leave into join. And you, you know, sooner or later, who knows? You end up with an NFL type situation in college football. There's two conferences. And, Absolutely, and, and you have your big teams playing. So that's clearly the way this is headed. Um, and you're yeah. right; people don't seem to get that. But but again, Roger, I understand that it's because people are looking at it with their hearts, not their heads. You know, and that's what you and I do. I look at all these things with my heart. You look at it with your head. And but my heart, uh, my I heart works. It. I just know how the world works. That no, the no, head no, rules. No, I, I don't. I, I, I don't. I don't disagree with that. But I, I just um, it. Uh, that's that's the way of it, you know. And and I think you, I look at all these things with my heart, and eventually, I have to admit you're right and move on. And that's just that's just the way. Yeah, it is. I mean, like and, you know, nothing nothing is more heart based in America, nothing, than college sports. Yes, because yes. all the fans went there; they have a personal connection with these teams. It's not a team they decided to support; they went to that college, they played for those teams. You know, they spent the best four years of their life in and around that campus, and so these things. There's no way for them to look at this but through their heart. That That's the big disconnect with college sports, I think. You know, the the, the, the thing that, that, and thank you for your words, but the thing that gets me a little bit is that people are still refusing or not able to wind the tape forward in the film. You know, um, it's everywhere. We we made that uh, an off-the-cuff joke that one of the other ones with Giles talking about will the All Blacks even be around as uh, rugby uh, polarises around super clubs and everything like that. Well, they started another T20 league uh, in, in around uh, the Middle East and South Africa. Th this isn't a zero-sum game for sports. There is a battle for calendar. There is a battle for TV money. And, you know, they're going to... The IPL has proven that this is the model and the, the people that sit in the, the um, you know, the, the ECB and places like that, they... they they're they're just going to suffer. Test cricket's going to suffer. Uh, Test rugby's going to suffer because it's going to go to the clubs where the investors are putting in money. I spoke to the Manoj, one of our ex um, guests uh, from um, from Blenheim Ch Chalcott. They they've made an investment, uh, I think, in the Cape Town franchise for this new league, and you know it's clear. It's 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 clear as day. 
Uh, and, and then, oh, is that not, not enough for you? How are people feeling about the latest Bundesliga campaign kicking off? Let's wonder whether it will be different from the last 11 years. Uh, wonder if anybody else is going to win. How in God's green earth do people think that's sustainable? There's there's two options there. One, German football dies, even less popular than it is today. It's never been a league that has generated what it should do for the country of that size because it's not that, that, that interesting. It's definitely not interesting now. It's either going to die or those German teams are going to wake up and smell the coffee and put in a call to Galliani and put in a call to Real Madrid and say, Super League, if the English don't want to be part of it, let's do it anyway. That seems to me so obvious that it's not even worth a debate. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Although I will say, I was up in Scotland filming this week and I was, was there with Jimmy the Greek, our East producer. And um, we were sitting having lunch and on the TV in the background was The the 100. Mm. And I'm sorry, Rog. I, I just, to me, The 100 is to cricket what five-minute abs is to six-minute abs. It's like we've got the T20. What else can we do? I know. I completely 120 agree. balls, 100 balls. And I watched it and I was... I mean, even I felt like the old man screaming at clouds, but I'm watching it and I'm thinking, okay, if you look at it, everything about that competition screams, okay, what can we do to make it, quote, unquote, a spectacle, right? What can we do? First of all, let's dress them in neon-coloured pyjamas. Okay, great, let's do that. Uh, And then we'll get all these graphics on the screen we'll get will be, be constant graphics on the screen and it'll be it'll be immersive i think that's the word we'll use immersive and then when the batsmen come out they'll come out through a tunnel with smoke in it you're joking they do that that'll be great and then around the boundary we'll have those things that shoot flames in the air and whenever a boundary goes across the roads we'll shoot flames at you brilliant and you can just see the planning oh meeting you see them sitting there going this is going to be amazing oh this is going to be fantastic right and then you watch it on tv and what you see are a bunch of blokes in neon pyjamas playing <laughs> cricket, right? And the camera angle of the batsman coming out of the tunnel with the smoke in it doesn't work unless you're very tight. If you're back and you can see it's a cardboard tunnel just on the boundary and they've just come down the steps of the pavilion to a cardboard tunnel and you can see the smoke machine inside, but you've, you've, you know, you've framed the shot so that you can see the stands either side. It looks utterly ridiculous. Uh-huh. You see it. the flames going off in a, in a competition that is designed to encourage boundaries. How many times do you have to see the flames go up before you go, eh, three, four? Yeah, I, I don't I'm, know. I'm and you, how man. many times do you get a boundary? And the, you, you look at it and it's, it just reeks of desperation to me. And it reeks well, they are desperate, of Graham. They are desperate. inconsequence, Roger. It's just... What is it? And then, and then you, and then you contrast that with the the test match that starts, right? And I and I watch a bit of the the test match, England South Africa, and the last test, you know, England played swashbuckling cricket, right? Yeah, the last yeah. test, and there were Stokes and Root and all, yeah. all the England batsmen. This is a mate. This is a new way to play test cricket. Slogfest. England Slog, are reinventing yeah. test cricket. This Slogfest. is amazing. Blah blah. blah. Forty-seven for three this time. And then 125 for seven, or whatever it was, right? And all out for 147. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. So it's a, and you just know, it's just whatever, okay, whatever happens in this game, whether it's test cricket, 100, give me some hyperbole around it. If they have a great match and they score a lot of runs, let's talk about a new way to play test cricket. And England's swashbuckling adventurers let loose. Let's, let's build it up and build it up. And then they do the same thing the next thing, get bowled out for 150. Let's talk about how English cricket's in a rut and it's going to die. And it's, it's so well it's said, just man. It's pathetic, Rod. It's so All well it's said, pathetic. But, you know, to be fair, I don't know what the answer is because I said it's going towards the, the clubs, uh, the IPL formula works. Um, but the consequence of sport chasing these new audiences is what you said there. And I've said this many times. I don't know what the answer is. You're a little bit like the dip between the devil and the deep blue sea. Yeah. You know, yeah. if you stay five-day cricket, they ain't coming. These young kids ain't coming. That's why I'm so bullish on the format of highlights because, you know, I think you can still have a five-day match, maybe attendance in the ground. I don't know how that works out, but repackaging those five days in a really sexy way of highlights with with a different... I, I don't know, but 
I have a, I have a bit of sympathy for the sports administrators because it's lose lose, man. It really is Kubayashi Maru Star Trek. It's lose lose, and you know I get the luxury here of sitting in Como and being out of the industry and taking pot shots at everybody. But I'm not sure what I would do. Um, uh, I'm, it's a hard a hard slog. Music industry had to completely reinvent its model, and you know today the way that Spotify uh, surfaces new acts and puts them in playlists and how you got on playlists, it's completely different from the old way of, you know, what's called, remember that phrase, concept albums? Forget that's mm-hmm. gone, that's gone. Yeah. Concept album is a test match, it's gone. But, you know, that's, that's a great point you make. I, I, I don't follow cricket that much, I must admit, not not because it's just not on the TV here. I don't have any... It, no, it was, you know, it was just on, Rog. It, was, it just happened to be on, right? Sure. We were having lunch and it's the only sport that's on. But, but I, I, I would... I'd be curious. It's on a lot because I guess there's some tournament going on or something. But so, but if you get a chance to watch, even no, but twenty I, minutes, you described it beautifully. I, I've got it. I've got it. I, you, it yeah, makes it, it clear. It was, it was just, you know, uh, just awful. Anyway, uh, let's let's finish. No, well, let's finish on this nice one because no, it's um, it's one of these videos. I don't know whether I, I posted or I sent it to you. Uh, one of those ones on the piano at St Pancras. Did you see the one with oh, the, Ars- I, I saw the Arsenal fan? You know, I saw this and and and. You know, for some reason, I don't know what it is. I don't know whether it's Colin O'Donnell or whether it's Elliot Richardson, two Gunners, or, you know, whether I've made a prediction and I'm going to die on that hill that Arsenal are going to have a great season. But I'm really on Arsenal this year. Um, and, and, you know, like you said about the, the all or nothing, I think there's something about that. You get a feeling, don't you, that they're going in the right direction. You really get a, you get, you get a feeling. Um uh, and uh, they're scoring well, their XG is good, you know, they're right up at the top. Uh, great, great, great club. Uh, so so this guy's at St Pancras, um, looks Asian, that doesn't mean he's Asian, maybe he's Brit, I don't know, but it, he's in an Arsenal shirt with Saka on the back, a uh, young black player, he's Asian, and he starts playing no Flandin forever. <laughs> and like, is, is it beautiful or is it beautiful, Grant? I'll, I'm going to stop there. You and I are talking about different, you and I are talking different clips. I haven't seen this. I, I, I saw another clip, I think on that same piano. I'll talk about it in a minute, but go on. So no, that's it. So this guy just sits down and like, he is what you would call a global young football fan, uh, multicultural, um, but clearly deeply in love with that team in North London. And he just bangs out this song, which the guy, what's his name, that wrote yeah, it? Yeah, we've talked about it before. It's uh, tremendous. Uh, listen, I think he's written the equivalent of yesterday for sports anthems, football yeah, it's, anthems. It's, it's you'll never walk alone for Arsenal fans. It'll become. I think it's yeah. I think it's more than that because it, 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 with that video and like the way sport is changing and that that video reflects on the old manner and it's the it'll st- it's changing but it'll still be the same. It's deeper than you'll never walk alone. I think. And anyway, so this this Asian guy with sack on the back and he's in some panties and he's just banging it out and I just thought, man. That's why sport and football, in particular, is the greatest game on earth. The greatest game on earth. Yeah, I mean, as you say, compared to where we started talking about the fans, Rog, you know, it's a perfect coda to that to come back round to that. You know, the, the video I, I saw again, I think it was the same piano, um, was a guy actually in a Barcelona shirt who was obviously a very accomplished pianist, and he's sitting there playing some kind of... I saw that. I don't, yeah. I don't know what it was. The other and guy, guy comes along, And yeah. you can see the, the second guy comes along, his mate's filming on his phone, and he looks at him and gives him a look that to me says, I'm a phenomenal pianist. Let's watch this, right? And then he gets in and the two of them play. He plays one-handed. And, they, and you get all these people saying, oh, it was a setup. It was a setup. I, you look at the reaction, look at when they smile with each other. It wasn't, it wasn't a setup. setup. It wasn't a it setup. Wasn't. And it's just beautiful to watch these two guys play this music together, two complete strangers in public, and you can see the people around them just captivated by this. It's see, just, this is see, yeah. it was beautiful, Graham. But see, this is the difference between you and me a little bit, and why you're superior, right? <laughs> like, like, like you rightly say, the second guy is a significantly better pianist, right? Significant, okay, I, I agree. Right. If I'm the guy sitting down. I'm significantly pissed off that he's shown me up because he's better. 
right? You enjoy, it's the difference between you and me. You enjoy, oh, let, let's get together. Let, Grant, you're laughing. It's the truth. That piss, fuck off. I, I, I've got my moment. I've got my moment and you want to kind of show me that like I'm nobody. No. <laughs> get the fuck out of here. Rog, Rog, listen, let me tell you something. Playing the piano in public is a man's game, son. <laughs> How many caps do you have? <laughs> and on that note, yes. <laughs> anyway, we finish it. All right, mate, listen, this has been fun as always. I'm yeah. glad we got a chance to do this um, yeah. before you go off on your holidays. Um, listen, if you're not uh, already following us on Twitter, you can do that nice and simply. You'll find us at Entertain R, that's the word A-R-E. You can find me, if you haven't found me already, at T-T-M-Y-G-H. And you can find myself at RPM Como, as in the lake. As in the lake. That's it from us. We'll be back again soon. Thanks for listening. Take care. 